Hi, this is Raul Ramirez of the Catch Wrestling Alliance. Uh, we're here to help you elevate your grappling and to, to together we keep real wrestling alive. Thank you very much for joining us no matter where you get your podcast, whether it be YouTube or Twitch or um, any kind of podcast app. Uh, we should be there. Uh, uh, at least we're trying to make sure that we're on all the all the podcast apps. Um so yeah, even on like uh, these like Audible and like all these other ones, it's, uh, we should be on all these random ones that you you, you might use. So uh, if you're listening on all these other apps, you know, we appreciate uh, just giving the listen and stuff. So, um, you know, thanks. Also, too, uh, we just finished a very successful uh, uh, summer session at UCLA. Uh, everything seems to be growing with regards to catch wrestling and also the kickboxing that I teach, so it's called Sanda, or it's Chinese kickboxing, so that's like Muay Thai, but with a lot more takedowns, um, so uh, that will just continue again in the fall at UCLA, so if there are any UCLA students, consider attending, because, you know, it's, it's you know, part of the gym there, so uh, go for it. We also continue with our courses at Fight Science MMA. Uh, that is in mid city Los Angeles, so it's kind of like right in the middle of this of the city. That's probably why they call it mid city, but um, it should be easy to to locate. Uh, just if you just do like a Google Map search or whatever, you should be able to find us. Right? And you can do um, like a drop in fee, um, and you don't have to join the gym or anything to take the class. So feel free to check it out. All right. So with that being said. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the subject here. So, uh, so recently, or actually just a couple days ago, what was it Sunday? Sunday night, uh, Gordon Ryan had a match uh, with Felipe Pena. Um, he, he um, like, sorry to spoil it. I'm sure you probably at least heard, right? So Gordon Ryan won that match, but basically he didn't necessarily submit. Well, he didn't submit Pena, uh, but Pena gave up. Right after it was over 40 minutes of grappling uh, back and forth. Um, I didn't think anybody was like particularly dominant or whatever, but um, I want to play what I think is the most important aspect that I think we really want to share with everyone. It's not the match itself, it's not the technique itself, but what was being said by Gordon Ryan in the, in the pre-match uh, press conference. And then also I want to back that up or at least add more from uh, Gordon Ryan's coach, uh, John Danaher, uh, talking about the same subject, right? So let's go ahead and uh, play the video here from Gordon at the press conference, okay? So here we go. Yeah, so Gordon, he just said that he's basically better than you everywhere except for leg locks and you're stronger than him. Uh, what do you have to say to that? Uh, well, I'm definitely stronger than him. And the only thing he's better at is losing. Uh, that's about it. Uh, if he tries to stand with me, he'll get exhausted. If he plays top position, he's going to get swept. And if he plays bottom position, I'm going to run past his guard and then just pin him helplessly, chest to chest, for as long as I want, and then let him out of there when he's ready. All right, so main thing that I want you to get from that is the whole idea where uh, Gordon says that he will basically, he'll, he'll pin Benna chest to chest, you know, if he tries to play guard or whatever, um, he'll control him until 
uh, he chooses to let him out to finish him off, right? So again, he's he's emphasizing the importance of controlling the person. And it's just like in wrestling, we talk about control and like pinning someone. But I think ultimately, and you know, it's over the years, we've seen all these comments on, on our social media where people, um, you know, they think pins are worthless or whatever, which uh, couldn't be any further from the truth, especially since mainstream jujitsu grapplers, uh, especially the the most like some at the most highest levels of the game, like Gordon Ryan um, and John Danaher, are really emphasizing the importance of pins, right, and the value of pins, right. So uh, this, what I'm going to read is for, actually probably should have done a screenshot and shared it with you, but this is from uh, John Danaher social media, and it was. Uh, I don't have the date of it. It was just uh, within the past two or three weeks. Uh, but let me go ahead and talk about, or I'll, I'll read it for you. And uh, the idea is that John Danaher is talking about the notion of control and controlling your opponent. And um, so let's go ahead and just read it. Uh, if you can control your opponent's movement, you can control the game. Moving targets are hard to hit. When you can stick an opponent in place and immobilize them, you can hit him with a submission hold at will. What makes the ground game so interesting is that the floor limits the means and methods by which we can move into a few predictable patterns. Once you learn those patterns, you can learn to shut them down. And if you can shut down movement while you are still able to move yourself, you can finish anyone. Right. When you grapple, focus less on trying to perform moves and more on learning how people move on the ground and how you can interfere with that. Then all the moves you were previously focused upon become considerably easier. So he doesn't use the word pin so much or like a, he doesn't use the word pin at all in that in that um, in that like his uh, caption. Right. But. It is there, and I think people have to, uh, in a way, like, uh, don't think of pins necessarily so much of just only having the person's shoulder onto the mat, but it, you can also think of pinning down, you know, someone's, let's say, like, legs to the mat, and then you can then uh, move around their legs, and if you're in a no-gi situation, or even in a gi situation, whatever, uh, a jiu-jitsu situation, you can then move around these points that you've pinned down, and then you can say pass guard or set up your leg lock, set up other types of uh, submission holds. Uh, one thing I'd like to add, though, that would be more of a catch wrestling perspective. Uh, it would we would we don't necessarily consider um, the submission holds submission holds. We would just call them wrestling holds because uh, they uh, they can end up in a submission, but you can also end up pinning someone say like with a double wrist lock or whatever or even a key lock which is considered like a, a bicep slicer in modern uh jujitsu is it would it was not considered a submission hold it, it was considered a hold where you can then um pin somebody right so you'd get control of them especially the upper body uh and then you would more easily be able to pin them all right so uh so there, <laughs> all right. So it's kind of like my main, my two main points. I seems like people are already kind of commenting. So uh, why don't we go ahead and like see what people are saying? 
Eileen gets good. All right. Actually, we kind of chatted earlier this week. So, um, all right, let's see what, what you have to say. So, welcome. Thank you for commenting. Um, Eileen gets good. I was rolling with some jujitsu guys a few months ago and was holding my own pretty good, but then I got smashed by a, ju a judoka who was able to control me because of the pin. So, that's a really great example because judo. Uh, one way to win in judo is actually to pin someone down for things like 20 seconds or something like that so um if you can kind of like hold them down keep them from uh, moving uh or escaping then you win so uh, i don't know all the details of of the judo pin so much um but at least that that is in the the kind of like the judo rule set so it is in the mind of a lot of judo practitioners so they're going to be implementing that. And if you're not familiar with that, then yeah, you're going to get held down and you can get submitted or um, you can just gas out and quit. So that, that's kind of ultimately what, what happened with Felipe Pena in the match against Gordon Ryan, that after 40 minutes, um, he then gave up. All right. Maceo El Moro. Mario Sperry's Valetudo 2 series shows how to do BJ style pins. I was pinning purple and browns and it took them forever to get free and I was a white blue belt. So thank you for commenting, Maceo El Moro. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of like all just uh, more evidence to kind of like proving the, the point where, yeah, I agree with John Danaher and, and then you can see with the attitude of Gordon Ryan, uh, just so like thinking of the pin as a way to win, right? So it's making him confident because he not only is, you know, like he knows the submission holes, but he also kind of knows how to set them up so that, you know, you get that pin, you get the control over the person's body, then you can ultimately find a way to uh, execute your submission hold, right? Or we, we in catch wrestling, we would, more likely to say a, a wrestling hold right because uh, sometimes a toe hold isn't necessarily to submit the person it's more like you're twisting the the foot ankle to uh, get someone to roll over so you can pin them right especially if they're kind of like in what people would say turtle right? in jiu-jitsu uh, if you want them to roll over a lot of times you can start cranking their ankle and then they will roll over to relieve the pain so you end up pinning them, right? So it isn't necessarily the submission that you get, but you get the you end up winning by pin, right? So these are the things that are kind of different um, from authentic catch wrestling, um, as opposed to maybe say like what people are seeing in mainstream uh, catch wrestling, where you see people doing all these like lock flow stuff or um, these weird things where it's like um, they're equating catch wrestling with only being like this submission art. Right, so ultimately, catch wrestling is a wrestling art uh, with submission holds. It's cognizant of the submission holds, and we tend to apply these holds in a little bit different way than you would see in jujitsu and judo. Uh, so uh, there, there has to, I guess, that distinction. Just I, I have to kind of emphasize it again a, a, a bit because uh, I think people just get kind of confused, especially if they're seeing all these kinds of weird things online. Um, and so, you know, you get a lot of people just trying to make it seem like what it isn't. Okay, so Eileen gets good. 
So in catch, submissions can function also as a pain compliance technique to force a certain reaction from the opponent, like a cross face in folk style. Um, yeah, I wish I could show you a cross face because yeah, even our cross face would be different uh, compared to from catch wrestling to folk style. Um, the the cross face in catch wrestling is again designed not only to block someone, but to you can also be, end up uh, neck cranking them, right? So which would which should be able to get you even more control over the opponent. So instead of just broadly uh, putting your your arm across their face, you actually would almost like a, <coughs> excuse me, you'd almost like uh, use your knuckles to force like punch them and force them to turn their head, and you can set up. Uh, face locks, um, which ultimately could be a submission, or you can just make them uh, <clears throat> like roll over. Um, sorry, one second. <coughs> Swallow my 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 COVID second. I'm asking that the the saliva went down the wrong pipe there. <clears throat> yeah. So the the this so like the catch wrestling cross face, <clears throat> it is a thing, but. Um, I don't think it is the, the same thing as like an amateur wrestling or even a jiu-jitsu. I've heard some people calling cross, using the word cross-face in jiu-jitsu. I've been in jiu-jitsu a long time. Right? So I hear all these weird things, the weird terminology. So like sometimes they're they're calling, uh, like putting your arm around the back of their head, like a cross-face. They were using that in a really popular jiu-jitsu gym that I was working at, and I was like so bizarre. But um uh, yes, a lot of times this, so going back to your point, Eileen, uh, some, like the pain compliance aspect, yes, that is a lot of times, uh, to get the person to move and potentially to set up a, a pin, right? Um, there have been like people who were scared, say like with regards to one of our most famous catch wrestlers in history, Frank Gotch, um, he, or people feared his toehold. And so that's kind of according to like the lore about his famous match with Hackenschmidt. Uh, Hackenschmidt was scared of like getting his ankle broken or whatever. Uh, but Frank got really uh, won more by pin than ever, like like submitting people with the toehold. But the but he was good at controlling people by twisting uh, their their ankles. So to kind of put that into like a. Uh, uh, like a folk style scenario, you really can't do those. You can't do like toe holds and stuff. Uh, but you, yeah, you can't really do even double wrist locks very. Yeah, I don't, I don't. you can do uh, bar arms or kind of like chicken wing stuff where uh, you can bring their arm behind their back. Uh, it can't go. Their hand can't go too far up their back. Uh, but you can snake your arm through, right, and uh, then use that to push them over so that uh, you you pin them. Um, but I'd say like if you did like more of a nogi scenario, right, especially if you don't have uh, catch wrestling around you, or if you or if you don't have open-minded wrestling partners that are open to uh, trying some of these holds or letting you try some of these holds, then um, you know, I'd say maybe try, try it on your um, like nogi friends um, because then you can see where it's like, especially if it's someone who's really good you then can uh, see how they're going to try to escape, right? Because you even like getting like, <clears throat> so 
if you have some, if you have a friend who's really good at leg locks, right? Chances are they might already know several ways to escape your average toehold, right? So um, then you can you can use these types of holds to get them to feel uncomfortable enough to try to escape, and then you can set up a counter, right? So it doesn't mean that you you'll set up a counter leg lock or whatever, but you could set up a like because uh, quite often I'll I'll, um, I'll have someone around my back with their hooks in and then I'll do a toe hold uh, you know grab by grabbing their uh, their foot that's in, like one of the hooks that's in and you start pulling on that quite often you get you can get the submission but if you if uh, I roll with several several people who uh, really specialize in leg locks and stuff so they'll start moving trying to squirm out uh, or they'll try to set up some kind of counter thing and you can use sometimes you can just use that use the your toe hold attempt to get out of like having them on your back right so you can use that they start squirming around you can throw their leg over and then now they're like internal and you're on their back uh, so you it can be really dynamic in that way eileen gets good yeah chicken wing or a bow and arrow are the only other things that i can think of all right maceo el morro Learning pins are essential for self-defense, especially if you don't want to hurt the other person. Really good point, Maceo. Um, so yeah, that's the other thing about self-defense. I think people don't quite understand, so it's good that you brought it up. Because ultimately, self-defense isn't like beating up someone who's attacked you. It's about really either controlling them, right, um, and you know keeping them from attacking you further, or uh, kind of deflecting their attack enough so that you can escape right? so you can create more distance uh, but you like if, if it's a scenario where you think that self-defense is then like overpowering someone who's attacked you and then beating them up in return then you can uh, find yourself uh, you know in court right so you can the the person that you who attacked you first can might end up taking you to court because you hurt them uh, which is, you know, seems absurd, but that's that's ultimately the law. The way the law works is that you can only meet them with kind of equal force, and once you uh, kind of get an advantage, you you really can't continue hurting them, or you know, basically you have to uh, kind of stop, and otherwise you you then become the assailant, right? You then become the the criminal. So that's a really good point to bring up. Because uh, say like in wrestling or even all kinds of martial arts, it, it, I think one of the big examples is kickboxing, where it's like you know you you're being taught all these ways to like knee someone, elbow someone, punch and kick someone. Uh, so if, if someone were to attack you and you use some of these techniques, and uh, you, they, maybe they fall down and you're still standing and you're, you you if you continue to kick the person or kick them in the head repeatedly or whatever, then you start. Uh, you, you, you've gone beyond what was what would be considered acceptable self-defense, right? So um, it's always a good thing to to bring up, yeah, because pe people's mindsets or people's understanding of self what is like self-defense is is not quite uh, with like uh, it doesn't quite match up with with what the law views as as self-defense, and this, this type of 
type of uh, understanding is like pretty universal around the around the world and several in all these countries around the world. I really can't just go around beating people up because uh, you think they attacked you or whatever. Or even if they do attack you to try to hurt you, you can't really, uh, you can't really uh, hurt them too bad. But going back to kind of like the main idea, right? So Maseo kind of brought it up where it's like pins are very essential for not only being successful in grappling, but also being successful in self-defense as well. So it's really cool that uh, you, you made that connection. Yeah, or was it uh, Noach? Right, so they, I, I, you came over, right? You came to train with us um, a few weeks ago, right? Um, yeah, so he uh, he said you can also get a good lawyer, right? So, but you never know if you can, you know, lawyers can be very expensive, or you might not know one. Uh, but yeah, chances, of, you know, if, if you don't have a good lawyer, then you know, good luck. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's go ahead and kind of go back to this idea where um, I kind of want to reiterate what John Danaher said. Uh, so let's go ahead and reread it for you, especially for those of you who maybe missed that part. Okay, so going back to the whole idea of control, and then you can think of this as the idea uh, or the explanation uh, as to why pins are important. So here we go. If you can control an opponent's movement, you control the game. Moving targets are hard to hit. When you can stick an opponent in place and immobilize him, you can hit him with a submission hold at will. What makes the ground game so interesting is that the floor limits the means and methods by which we can move into a few predictable patterns. Once you learn those patterns, you can learn to shut them down. And if you can shut down movement while still able to move yourself, you can finish anyone. When you grapple, focus less on trying to perform moves and more on learning how people move on the ground and how you can interfere with that. And then all the moves you were previously focused upon become considerably easier. All right. Um, so, you know, I guess I kind of want to touch on some of like one more aspect that he mentioned there. So besides the pins, um, you can think about like the different positions that people will usually get into. So say if you're in a jujitsu situation and you and it's okay to be on your back, then you want to be aware of like kind of like their counterattacks, you know, like the their uh, the shrimp, right? The shrimping position or the shrimp the shrimping movement, but also even like some counter um you know people are doing kind of like counter barambolo type moves. So in a way it's it's kind of good to you know study, be a student of the game to kind of understand how people move in certain positions. But then start thinking of it like more simply, where it's like um, if they're on their their back, a lot of times they might just be throwing up their legs, hoping for a triangle or or setting up an armbar or something like that, right? So once you're aware of kind of like the main the main counterattacks from different positions, uh, then you'll understand kind of how they might counterattack, and then you can then work on using your pins or to shut that down, right? To shut down those um, uh, those counters, right? And also, you can kind of work on kind of like keeping that kind of downward pressure, even if the person is belly down, like in turtle or a referee's position. Uh, then you can start pinning them down. A lot of time, one of the ways to uh, more successfully keep someone from moving 
especially if they're belly down, like in turtle, a lot of times it's putting that downward pinning pressure on their head, right? Then you can um, kind of better sense how they're moving or when they're going to move. Uh, you can kind of let it happen or you can, um, you know, you can kind of let it happen by relieving pressure. Then you'll start feeling how they're going to move and you'll be able, you should be able to like kind of set up a counter or at least understand kind of which way they're going and see if you can't set up a, a counter uh, by, you know, gauging on what you're feeling. Maceo El Morro. Do you feel this new generation of BJJ practitioners are more open to catch and other styles of grappling and conversely are catch and other wrestlers going into BJJ to learn? I foresee hybridization. Well, um, uh, I think there's already been like um, kind of like hybridization in a way, but I think ultimately it's been by people who'd never really learned like 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 almost like pure catch. So it's always been it always seems to be like people who come more from a jujitsu background or a judo background. They're taking some of the holds or some of the moves that they've seen that are associated with pro wrestling and catch wrestling, and then they try to put it into their thing, and then they call it some kind of hybrid or um, some kind of mix of, of things. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Ultimately, since jujitsu is very popular, um, and especially Nogi, I think, is getting really popular with, like, ADCC getting bigger and bigger, um, a lot of, say, like, uh, say like even the the match that I was talking about with, um, with Gordon Ryan and whatnot, like, um, you know, you have like flow grappling and all these organizations doing more and more no-gi competitions. So um, there are definitely going to be places for them to um, to compete. So it, it would, what that means is that, you know, you might not necessarily be wrestling where you can win by pin, but the pin is still going to be very valuable, right? It's the pinning ability is going to be a very valuable uh, ability to have in your in your repertoire. Eileen gets good. I could see catch and BJJ coexisting on, at this on the same card as different rule sets like kickboxing and Muay Thai, and there will likely be lots of people that compete in both. Um, that would be a very very nice future, right? So, um, but yeah, like what like when you look at one championship in Singapore. I know I often bring up one championship just because um, it's it's like like it's almost kind of refreshing, right? Because uh, a lot of times they spend time uh, building up their their uh, their talent. You know, they 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 make really cool promo videos for a lot of the athletes and stuff, and they're not just tearing down people. Um, so anyway, so in their cards, right? So in one night of of fights, you will see. What Eileen was describing, you'll see uh, MMA rules matches, um, uh, kickboxing matches, Muay Thai matches, and now they've added grappling matches. So it, that that is really cool because it's no gi, um, but it is uh, it is I think it's only like a ten minute match or something like that. Um, but it is it is submission only. Uh, but yeah, if, if the match goes the full distance, there is no like overtime so like there's no like ebi overtime or there's no real overtime it just gets judged based on who's most dominant so without like so it's good that uh that came out too right so thanks for bringing that up eileen because um the thing about that is that 
again, the pin, the pin can help you to win these matches, right? These even it can help you to win uh, uh, submission only matches if they're done like like what I think it's like not only one championship, but I believe with like fight to win and a few other or and even like flow grappling. I think like who's number one and all that. Um, they don't really do overtime stuff, right? So the match, no matter how long it is, whether it's like 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, um, uh, you will, like at the end of it, you will get judged based off of your dominance, really. Like who's who's who, who tried more submission attempts and whatnot, or who was on top mo most. And I'd kind of like to say like a, what um, Kennedy Maciel uh, from Cobrinha, Cobrinha's son actually, um, uh, I believe so. Even though, because well, I spent a lot of time at that school, um, so I, I didn't. You know, it's really a gi-heavy school, but Kennedy's still able to do well in no gi competition, and it seems as though it's because he's he is trying to stay on top. He is trying to kind of like keep that downward pressure on people. He's able to pass their guard, stay on top, and even if he doesn't submit somebody, they've been giving him a lot of wins in. And on flow grappling, I think it's because of that whole pinning idea. So even if he doesn't finish them off, he still keeps them immobilized, kind of like how John Danaher was describing. Um, maybe not able to get the submission, but still controlling the match, showing the domination, and the judges award him the match right, and award him the win. Right? Uh, Noah, uh, hybridization won't keep catch alive. People don't know what it is till you train with a legit coach, I feel. Um, yeah, that's quite often the case. So that's a good point. Um, and that, that's why, I don't know, it, it's a video that's here on YouTube. So it's, it's this really cool one that came out, you know, several years ago uh, where they, they take a lot of really cool black and white footage from the Snake Pit Wigan. Um, and they, they have... Roy, the, the Roy Wood, the coach there, uh, just kind of talking about like his thoughts on the old, the old days training and whatnot. And one of the things he states that really stuck with me was um, there are a lot of things that people are calling catch nowadays that I would never consider it to be catch. <laughs> so um, yeah, there was a way things were done and and even though there were a lot of pins and submissions, there was still a lot of the the wrestling aspect. And so um, I think ultimately what Noah is saying is the whole idea of like it, it would be ideal for people to in order to preserve catch wrestling and to keep real like like my <laughs> keep real wrestling alive is that yeah, we do have to have people who are who, who can become experts in the actual art. So it's like becoming an expert in speaking English or becoming an expert in speaking French or these other languages. And if you can, uh, so then you can see where uh, these hybridizations occur, where you get these borrowed techniques or whatever from other languages and whatnot, but you still have to kind of keep the one language um, as, you know, ha knowing the one thing and you can keep these kind of separate and, and, and yeah, they can all play they can all have matches on the same night, right? <laughs> like MMA matches, uh, jiu-jitsu, like no-gi, you know, submission-only matches, catch wrestling matches, whatnot. That'd be a really cool idea. Um, 
Let me see. Maceo El Morro. I'd love to see Catch and Sambo guys compete at the highest levels of ADCC and other grappling. That would be so awesome. Yes. Yes. Actually, I do kind of, I actually, I do like um, the ADCC rule set for the most part. Um, like, especially if, you know, the whole no points for a while. I think they add the points ultimately to you know, kind of to make sure the match ends, you know, if, if just in case someone doesn't uh, get a submission during the during the match, maybe they can win by a, by a point or something. Um, but yeah, yeah. And it seems as though the focus is going more towards this whole Nogi submission only approach. So, and then ADCC seems to be kind of like at the, the, like the vanguard of that where uh, it is like what people are looking to more and more, at least based on, this is my opinion. So this is based off of what I'm seeing when I go online. Uh, I do still see like some like highlights from Gi matches and whatnot, but um, even on like flow grappling and stuff, but I'm seeing less and less even, you know, on flow grappling, which is, you know, they, they will air like the IBJJF stuff and, um, you even see like uh, one of my one of my acquaintances. Um, uh, she's a really uh, good professional um, jujitsu practitioner. She's really heavy into gi stuff, but now she's she competed at ADCC and has been doing more and more no gi stuff. So um, you can see her. Um, she she's in Southern California also. Um, Tata Ribeiro. So you can find her on Instagram and stuff. So she's. Um, I think she's also kind of like transitioning to, or there's, there's people that are kind of like maybe who are focused on Gi and then they're maybe trying to transition, make say like Kennedy Maciel, you know, they're trying to do these transitions into no Gi. Drew Galbraith. It's a way to spread catch though. I have a foundation in catch, but now I train in another style too. Catch needs to work with others for them to see its effectiveness. All right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's why I think that you can still be very effective, say, like an ADCC and whatnot, by using this whole idea of pins and um, to kind of control the person, right? Noah, what we need is more people to train catch and compete. Not enough catch guys training much yet competing. It doesn't make sense to train a BJJ guy catch and expect him to wrestle like a catch guy. And I can't remember who. Oh, actually, just a few weeks ago, uh, one of the interviews that I did I can't, with one of the Wigan wrestlers, uh, I can't remember. Could have been, yeah, I think it was Marcus Whitehead. Uh, you can look back in our on our YouTube channel uh, for, for that live stream that we did. Uh, but, yeah, he was kind of talking about that where it's like, you know, you get a lot of people nowadays, especially from a jiu-jitsu or just a non-catch wrestling background, claiming to know catch wrestling or to be a catch wrestler but what they've ultimately done or it comes out really really quickly is that they've just maybe learned a few submission holds and then they think that they're a catch wrestler and so when they go to compete like in wigan um they get pinned because they go up against someone who's used to uh actually wrestling and they realize um that you know that you know just get you're not always going to get that submission hold right off the bat and sometimes um you can like you can try for a submission hold but then you if you get rolled onto your back and you, you're not able to complete the submission hold you've just pinned yourself so 
Um, and also one of the other things is uh, like catch wrestling itself. This, uh, this also comes from one of the other interview I did with Robbie Ward uh, a few weeks ago, also a Wigan wrestler, um, is that catch wrestling is exciting just by itself. So kind of going back to what Noah was saying, I mean, yeah, if we can, if we can um, continue training people in, in catch wrestling, I mean, it's exciting just by itself. I mean, it, it'd be great to grow it to the point where if someone doesn't want to compete in ADCC or whatever, that, you know, they shouldn't have to, right? You got people competing in basketball and they're not, they're not having to compete in baseball or, you know, football or whatever to, uh, they're not having to do it because if their passion is whatever, like basketball, then they can do that, right? Let me see. Well, you guys are making a lot of comments. Let me scroll back a little bit. Uh, Eileen, uh, what do you think needs to happen for Catch to see a similar level of success to BJJ, or more, uh, more, lo- more online exposure, more pure Catch guys winning, and other rule sets? Um, I think a lot of times it could be having, uh, kind of going also to what Noah was saying and what I was just talking about with. Uh, my conversation with Robbie Ward was that if we can ha- actually have good catch wrestling matches and well, well produced, basically catch wrestling matches, I think that could be one thing that will help it to grow without even having to compete in ADCC or other kinds of, or even in gi or whatever. Um, it, it, that could be successful, even without having to. I think a lot of times people bring up MMA or whatever. Uh, that might not even be necessary if we're if basically if we keep putting on a good show. Um, then um, that really can help it to grow because it's very easy for people to understand. Let me see. Noah, the problem right now is that the talent pool is too small to get a legit representative at the highest levels when not enough people are training the art. Uh, Eileen gets good, then maybe more people teaching and opening gyms or teaching catch at BJJ gyms, just spitballing. Well, I teach at uh, MMA gym. <laughs> I'm at Fight Science MMA. Yeah, and then Noah says, uh, yeah, we need students to learn so that they can spread the art also. Then Noah says, having guys call themselves catch and you see them pulling guard is hurting the sport. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Maceo, I always keep hearing that catch guys can't fight off their back because they don't believe in using guard. So with pinning, can learning BJJ guard help with fighting off the pin? Um, n- well, I think ultimately it, it's uh, that's like a fallacy, right? It's a it's not true that people don't like can't fight off the back, but a lot of times they're going to counter you in a different way than just like staying with their, you know, chest to chest there. Um, so then it wouldn't necessarily be fighting like this, but a lot of times, actually even a lot of my videos, right? Um, I show, actually I did a video series like catch wrestling from the bottom or whatever, where we show a lot of counter moves to, uh, if someone does start rolling you onto your back, how to turn and uh, take them with you. So you end up on top um, or or you can turn and, and uh, get out, right? So you, almost like a, in, Maybe you guys would know more in like a, in 
the jujitsu terminology, like that ghost move where someone is like kind of pinning, pinning you down in side control. You can, there's all these different ways to slide out and then end up back on top or at least out of, uh, out from underneath the person, right? So it isn't necessarily, you're going to see a catch person only doing like trying to do a counter triangle or trying to do a counter uh, arm bar from the bottom or counter uh, double wrist lock from the bottom. Um, but it's just their counter is going to be different than, than that. Let me see. Let me scoop, scroll back a little bit. Yeah, it's really cool. You guys are uh, really commenting. So it's cool that I have to scroll back here. Let me see. All right. Drew Galbraith. Foster potential coaches to continue catch. There is a major shortage of coaches. 100% agree. Henry Lopez. Uh, and Henry was in our video from earlier this week. Hopefully you guys saw that. Um, so that kind of shows an idea of actually potentially even like it starts from some someone or like, well, in the video, it's me, right? So I'm, uh, if Henry takes me down and I'm underneath, how I try to go for a double wrist lock and how he can counter and then knowing the different types of counters from different positions can help you maintain your double wrist lock and uh, see if you can't finish it, right? Either with a pin or a submission. So that's our, our video from earlier this week. But anyway, getting back to Henry's comment, Jiu-Jitsu has evolved and is, in my opinion, very different now from the original art form. It's evolved so much that it's called BJJ, but is it? Now, uh, Nogi is indistinguishable, probably from the original Jiu-Jitsu. Um, yeah, especially with the, the whole gi and stuff too and a lot of times like even what the uh what the gracie family was saying is that like they believe that um like uh like a lot of the martial art or self-defense aspect is gone too right that's one of the things that rose gracie was was talking about or how she felt uh with the way modern jujitsu is going so then she uh started she basically took um Eddie Bravo invitational rules and she puts on um, uh, tournaments. So the Gracie what, regionals, Gracie nationals. Um, so, you know, good on her. Cause um, you know, so she feels that she feels kind of along that, I think along those lines, Henry. So, um, uh, so in a way it's like maybe the whole idea of sport jujitsu kind of maybe just took over and um Yep, so we have some people even in the jiu-jitsu community kind of feeling that way and then trying to, uh, you know, have this uh, mix where it's like you can still kind of have the martial self-defense aspect and the sport aspect. Noah, learn to bridge and get off the back. Catch has a way to deal with that. Correct. <laughs> Henry, uh, but could catch evolve in a way that can still be called catch? Hmm, not sure. Yeah, uh, you really, I would say, like, 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 I would never get rid of the pin, right? And again, so like, we're seeing the value of pins. So even, it's so valuable that even, uh, you know, mainstream, like big time jujitsu gurus are, are really well-respected jujitsu practitioners and coaches are talking about it, right? So you got John, John Danaher talking about it. You got Gordon Ryan talking about it in his match. Um, so... Actually, we might as well. So let me get back to your comments, but let's go ahead and just show you that one clip first where 
uh, Gordon Ryan in the pre-match uh, press conference talks mentions pins, right, and how it's gonna, you know, how he's gonna use them in his match. Yeah, so Gordon, he just said that he's basically better than you everywhere except for leg locks, and you're stronger than him. Uh, what do you have to say to that? Uh, well, I'm definitely stronger than him, and the only thing he's better at is losing. Uh, that's about it. Uh, if he tries to stand with me, he'll get exhausted. If he plays top position, he's going to get swept. And if he plays bottom position, I'm going to run past his guard and then just pin him helplessly, chest to chest, for as long as I want, and then let him out of there when he's ready. All right. So we have a special guest, my my cat. <laughs> yeah, he's awake. Right. So okay, let's go ahead and get back to your comments here. But at least you can see like the attitude, right? It's almost like the whole idea of pinning is even giving Gordon Ryan more confidence, right? Because he knows that he'll be able to uh, pin Felipe and uh, you know maybe get him to quit or or allow him to move when Gordon is ready for him to move, right? Um, all right, let me see. Noah, you can pull guard and play open guard, but that's not exactly catch wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can see maybe some ideas or some semblance of what was now called like a butterfly guard, kind of what we call that nowadays in some of the old uh, collegiate wrestling matches where you know they would still try to do like, or I think in wrestling we call them like more elevator kind of techniques that they resemble what people nowadays call butterfly and stuff, butterfly guard. Eileen, do you think catch should include chokes in its rule set? I know historically uh, chokes were outlawed, but since they've become so commonplace in other arts, should catch embrace them? Just curious. Uh, no, I think it, it, well, let me tell you one story real quick. So I used to, I, oh, I went to um, uh, Arkansas to train with the late Billy Robinson, right? And um, one of the things he told me or he requested of me was that like that I never include chokes in in our events right in our matches right and this is another thing that is done in Wigan right and and basically like the old timer so it's like my my good buddy on the east coast John Strickland you know he even says that his coach Billy Wicks did not teach chokes right so um but so with that being said, um, actually, I want to add one more thing. So even was it Frank Gotch talked about like how he'd won an early grappling match in his uh, before he met Farmer Burns, uh, who taught him actual or like authentic catch wrestling. And so even Frank Gotch was saying like, oh, to say that I won a match by a choke is like not anything I'm proud of. And, uh, you know, I finally learned the real thing once I met Farmer Burns and whatnot. Um, but um, with that being said, uh, no, um, like, so even as so I, I train at a 10th planet here, 10th planet jujitsu gym here in LA. And um, I think it was funny because recently the, the coach there has been trying to teach people alternatives to chokes, right? Because what's happening in jiu-jitsu or what's happened to ju in jiu-jitsu is like the emphasis is on the choke so much that um, they almost like Lee or people who are really good at defending chokes, like they, um, they're able, like a match will end without a submission because 
the person wasn't able to finish a choke, but so like in catch wrestling, we offer so many alternatives to chokes, right? Or even the the neck crank is just an amazing alternative where you can get a, a submission victory very fast because you know you can really hurt somebody, you know, using these neck cranks and stuff. So, um, uh, really, I mean, we even though like the the choke is like so prominent in other styles and whatnot, uh, we don't necessarily have to, uh, you know, just do what they're doing. Maceo El Morro. Uh, yeah, Gordon Ryan is the best crap talker ever. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if Gordon and Danaher went to Dagestan to train with Khabib and learn what they could, what they could just so that he can broaden his arsenal. It's about winning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if people are, um, like, because people are really inspired by, you know, Khabib and whatnot, so they might start looking into their version of wrestling and, and submission grappling. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll go ahead and keep talking. But um, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, like, I think if we continue ultimately to, you know, have authentic matches that are really interesting and exciting, I think people are, you know, that's kind of what we I think nowadays kind of need. Um, we, I think a lot more people have heard of at least the terminology or the term catch wrestling. So I think we just got to keep growing it. Like even what Noah was saying, if we keep getting more practitioners or what Drew was saying about having more coaches and whatnot, um, uh, that can ultimately grow the sport. Eileen, when it comes to pins, how was the two second pin decided on? Was the three seconds, was the three seconds too long? Uh, the two seconds was what um, was done in Wigan. Uh, three seconds is more like the what's kind of been around for uh, pro wrestling, right? Because then they can make a big show of it, right? They can pound on the on the mat like one, two, and it's all part of the the show. Uh, but the, you don't necessarily you actually you you don't see that in Olympics in Olympic freestyle and whatnot. Uh, so you you really like the ref really shouldn't be doing that, um, but it's part of the pro wrestling show. Um, and I think we've kind of come to think of that as being wrestling, but yeah, yeah, three, yeah, Eileen, true, three is a more entertaining number. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they use that. They use that as like the you know you can build up the drama, right? Is the person gonna get out or not? And then yeah, they they kick out. So, uh, but yeah, the ref really isn't supposed to be uh, like signaling that you're you're pinned because um they have to just let the match happen all right so with that being said i mean i think uh we've had a productive meeting ladies and gentlemen <laughs> um so i think you know i think you're right about like yeah we got to really build up the amount of um like practitioners and coaches so if anybody happens to be in la or near la um, you know, feel free to come train at Fight Science MMA. We also, you know, my, my buddy on the East Coast, John Strickland with American Hook Wrestling. He's over there in South Carolina. Uh, we also have the online Catch Wrestling Alliance Academy that you can learn online. And then uh, you can feel free to ask any questions that you have at any time. Just 
uh, you can shoot me a message or with noah here uh, he drove from texas right to train with us so no one has an excuse because right? <laughs> we got people driving all the way from from across the united states to train then no one has an no one else has an excuse right? um uh speaking of that um he has a comment here they used to have chokes. They were called strangles or throttles, I believe, which are blood chokes. Correct me if I'm wrong. The sleeper hold was used in holds and barred. Um, so um, when you're talking about uh, there, there is kind of a mix where uh, the whole idea, say like around, it was like around 1850s, that's when they tried to standardize catch wrestling. And so again, it was much more of a, wrestling style pinning uh, emphasized style and that's when other say like chokes and stuff were officially barred and that's kind of how it remained uh because chokes in particular aren't necessarily showing enough dominance right so if you can neck crank somebody and get them to move that show that shows much more control over the body also uh, many people at that time felt that someone could accidentally fall, find themselves in a choke, and um, it, it didn't necessarily show um, uh, a higher level of skill, right? So then that was kind of echoed in uh, Earl Caddick, who was a uh, you know catch wrestling champion who taught wrestling at West Point, and he was quoted in an interview stating like. The, the way he can tell uh, of all the cadets and stuff who are wrestling, um, he's like, the way I can tell that they are, uh, like, they're green. He, his, his terminology was green. So the way you can tell a green wrestler was they're trying to choke everybody, right? <laughs> so so uh, it's that's kind of the way it's been consi considered, right? So, and then, so Noah here comes on, or he, he says, he continues with his comment saying, like, there's a video of Danny Hodge showing a sleeper hold on YouTube. Yes, so a lot of times these sleepers are, um, you know, usually arm in. So it doesn't mean that, like, catch wrestling doesn't necessarily have a lot of compression or kind of, like, choke aspect to your, uh, your neck and stuff. But um, you can't necessarily just, like, have someone in, like, a guillotine or a rear naked choke. All right. Maceo El Morro, are you available for seminars? Yes, yes. We just haven't done any really since uh, COVID. But yeah, we were always going to like Singapore or even different parts of the country of the United States. Um, but yeah, we're open to it. Eileen, I'm planning on coming down from Oregon one of these days. Yeah, really appreciate it. And then it uh, looks like you just became a member. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We have a lot of, oh, so with that being said, we have a lot of videos that people can watch um, on, if you become a member on our YouTube channel. So we have uh, alternate endings from some videos. We have like a, a demo that we did uh, in the home of Frank Gotch. That's Humboldt, Iowa. Uh, we have all a bunch of other things and we just try to continue to add more. So you can feel free to become a member there just by clicking on the video or on the, sorry, on the button below our, all of our videos. Um, so yes, thank you, Eileen. We really appreciate that. Um, uh, so also if someone wants to join the, so if you don't want to like say join the, 
academy or learn then you, if becoming a member in any way because uh, we also have like the uh, the first tier the lowest tier is um uh like just like it's like a couple bucks so you can help you can just help out and so all that all that is appreciated so whatever support you can give is great all right maseo i've got a sambo judo guy here in florida i'm gonna tell him about you i think it would be advantageous oh great yeah i, I agree i agree maseo um yeah it'd be great if you guys were in southern california or if I, I i guess if i was in florida or whatever but it'd be great to meet you guys one day um yeah okay so we'll go ahead and sign off for today thank you again thank you eileen for uh, becoming a member um thanks to all members um, of our channel and you know it, it's all through our youtube channel so um but yeah if there's anything else you guys like to talk about hopefully we, we kind of gave a good sense of the importance of pins and how like they're even kind of being uh utilized in mainstream nogi jiu-jitsu where pins are not a way to win but uh, or at least you wouldn't win by pinning someone down for two to three seconds but you can ultimately get a win by pinning someone and controlling them right so something to think about so thank you thank Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. So hopefully we can help you elevate your grappling, and together we can keep real wrestling alive.